How you doing, everyone? I'm Andy Malfrina. This is No More Heroes. Welcome to another episode. I appreciate you all coming back. We've been having a good little run. I've been very happy with the past couple episodes. I've been very happy with just doing this show. Because I got a lot of things that I want to yell about. But I don't always get to yell about I didn't always get to yell about them. And then I started doing this show and I got to yell about them. And I've been a much more pleasant person. Ask all my friends. They were like, there's something different about Andy. He's a lot less annoying. And it's because I get to come here every week and I get to scream to you guys about the government's trying to fuck us. And they're trying to feed us bugs. And they want to depopulate the world. And they want to make us poor. And they want us to smile about it. And if I get to share that with you... I become less insufferable to people. So let me have this. Anyway, uh, <laughs> welcome to No More Heroes. We got a lot of fun uh, shit to talk about today. Actually, none of it's fun. It's all scary. Um, but no, I got, a re- I got a bunch of shit. I don't know how much I'm going to get to it because we actually... Fuck, dude, I am tired. Um, all I've been wanting to do all day... Because this morning at CrossFit, we had this... Um, I love doing CrossFit, but it is goddamn exhausting. Um, we had this. We're we're. Uh, what are they doing? They're raising money for uh, suicide, uh, 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 suicide awareness for veterans and shit like that. Which I am super uh, anti-military, anti-government, all that shit. But I am very pro-veteran. I think they are victims of a fucked up system. A lot of them get fucking, you know. You know, they, they get, like, brainwashed and uh, propagandized into thinking they're going to do a good thing. And then they're over there and they're like, oh, we're just, like, the fucking, we're just, like, you know, the U.S. is killing force. And they get a lot of PTSD and it's pretty, I don't know, it becomes a pretty fucked existence. So, I am very pro-veteran. I'm very anti-war, anti-government, anti-military, all that shit. But I am aggressively pro-veteran because I, I, I don't know. And I, maybe you might be able to find some hypocrisy in that, but I just, I don't know. I feel for those guys a lot. So that was, uh, that was nice to do that. Um, that was nice to do that. I should remember to go actually donate. Uh, <laughs> Cause all I did, we were rowing. We did a big rowing competition and our team was stacked. It was like most of the coaches at the gym and then me and my wife and then this other dude, uh, Joe, but Joe, uh, Joe is not a coach, but he's a beast at all the rowing shit. So it, it was super stacked. I didn't help at all. There's actually a point where there was another team that was like beating us. So I just kept shaving. Like we had to each do a certain amount of meters when we were rowing and shit like that. And I just kept shaving off a few meters when no one was looking just to be like, we're not losing because of my fat ass. Um, but yeah, man, that was earlier today. And yo, it was crazy because like doing it, I didn't think I was like going that hard. But then when we got home, um, it well, it might have had something to do with the fact that like I didn't eat anything and I forgot this shit was gonna take like three or four hours. And then someone had beers. Uh, so someone was like, Hey Andy, free beers. And I was just like, Well, my hands are tied. Uh, you said the beers were free. I have to drink them. So I had two beers. Um, I had a Heineken and then a Brooklyn summer ale, which is why when the wife was going out to get beverages, I asked her to get me some Brooklyn, uh, lager. She ended up getting the Amber, which I don't think is the standard lager, but it's actually pretty good. I don't usually fuck with an Amber. Um, I don't usually, uh, uh, I don't usually, uh, I gotta get a new fucking chair. These gaming chairs are so fucking overrated. I also might have a shitty one. I I got the cheap $200 one that everyone gets when they start streaming before their dreams are crushed. Um, 
But no, I think that I, 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 I do want to just get like a ergonomic office chair, but yeah, I don't usually like an Amber lager, but this is pretty damn good. Uh, Brooklyn Amber Logger shout out, but yeah, man, we did all, we did all that. And I got home. We were watching, uh, we were watching. I'm a stalker. Go watch that show. That show's crazy. They have, I am a murderer, which is like, like murderer, like murderers. You can understand almost. Cause a lot of times like you actually have, I was, I remember we watched like two episodes of like that. I am a murderer two or three episodes and it was either like you know it was like a thing where you're like oh this guy wronged me and shit got out of hand and da 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 or I was being a they sell it as like a really like I'm a cold-blooded murderer and I'm not I'm not mad I killed that uh uh orphan (laughs) and shit like that and in actuality it's like you know it's either some shit that's like understandable or it's just like, damn, you fucked up. And it's like, you still have this like weird sympathy for him. The I am a stalker is like way more interesting because it's just like most of the stalkers are incredible. Actually, all of them. Some are like some you have more sympathy for than others. But then a lot of a lot of them like there was this one dude I had a lot of sympathy for because like. He was like dating the girl for a while, and then they had a they uh he he had like a step kid that ended up dying. But then like we talked about it later, and I won't get into the de- oh it, it well I mean it's a podcast we got time, but I remember it was like he had this like step kid who they were out um they were like out doing some like farm work, and they were on this like big uh tractor deal uh I think it was like maybe it was like picking grain or something from the fucking fields or whatever the fuck. But they were on this like huge machine. And he's just like, and he's like, yeah, I don't know what happened. He's like, yeah, I look one way. And next thing I realized, he fell. And at first you're like, oh, fuck, because that's some like crazy shit to hear. But then you like think about it and you're like, what do you mean? What do you mean like he just fell? And then you start, you know, because like kids, like, I don't know, like when you take out, because this kid was like 11 and I'm not, you know, I don't. Tech, I don't. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. I'm just going off instinct on listening to this story. Um, but it's just like, y'all, if you're on big ass heavy farm equipment, it's just like even the shittiest person in the world. You're like, yeah, why are you? You're not like on that 11 year old who's just on your giant farm equipment. And then later in the show, you start to find out this is like, dude had like a crazy drug addiction and all this other shit. And you're like, Oh, he might've been on meth. (laughs) And then like, he's on meth and he just misses the fucking kid. And it's like all this, other. but you know, you still, what was my point with that? You still, you can still have some sympathy for the guy. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, you don't just get a meth addiction because your life is great. You know what I mean? But, but still, if your negligence leads a kid to 11 year old to die, there is a huge part of it where it's like, fuck you, dude. You know what I mean? Um, cause like, it, it kind of reminds me a lot of those, like when you watch those like serial killer documentaries and stuff, or like when you're watching Dahmer, it's like when you watch when you watch Dahmer and they, they break down the shit when he was a kid, like, I think it's valid to start to like feel a little sympathy for him. Cause if you like, especially too, I've been, I've been, um, I've been big into Charles Manson right now. Cause I'm reading that book chaos, uh, by Tim or Tom O'Neill. I forget how you say his name, but I've been reading that. It's actually, it's, it's a pretty interesting, uh, topic. Yeah. Tom O'Neill. But, um, 
go check it out. Uh, check out his Rogan, and he's on this podcast called Concrete. They're very interesting because the book's very. Uh, it's like the second time going through the book because the book's very like information heavy and it's very thick and it's very like hard to get through. So I was kind of like giving myself a big plethora of like, you know, background knowledge through podcasts and stuff like that. Then I'm gonna try to like tackle this book again, but. Like with Charles Manson, he, his big thing was like, dude, his mom, like he had one of the world's shittiest moms. And I'm not just saying that, like, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, look at fucking Fred Durst over here. Yeah, I can't. I like to wear my hats backwards, but this, there's something, I just look like fucking just Philly garbage. Uh, even though I'm not from Philly, but I look like Philly garbage when I wear it like that. So I try not to, um. But yeah, short long story short, Charles Manson, Charlie Manson, Charles Manson, Char- Charlie, Charles Manson just had the world's worst mom. Like there's a story where she uh quote unquote sold him for beer for a pitcher of beer at a bar, which you're like you didn't really sell it, but then she did leave the bar without him. And then they were like, Yo, when's this bitch gonna pick up her kid? And then she never did. And they had to like, it was like a couple days later, they had to bring Charlie back to her house to be like, yo, raise your, like, that wasn't real, you goofy bitch. Um, So he has a lot of shit like that. Like Jeffrey Dahmer's dad was a fucking psycho, all this other shit. And when you like, look, like, I think it's valid with a lot of these serial killers to like feel a little sympathy for the kid version of them because the kid, ver- like the kid version of them didn't do nothing wrong. I think there is an argument that sometimes there's these, there's people that are like, fucked from birth you know what i mean like they have something wrong with their head from birth but like you know someone like jeffrey dahmer that a lot of that has to do with like he like his mom was insane always looking for aliens and that's not to say if you believe in aliens you're insane but she was like i don't have time to be a mom i have to constantly search for aliens and she was doing that because she was mentally unwell not because she was actually like no i'm a credible fucking paranormal or 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 like alien hunter or whatever the fuck you know, and so you just all these crazy things happen. Because, like, that's the thing. People just, people just chalk it up to evil. And I'm like, it's not. No. It's not. No. I don't I, I, I don't believe that thing. I just don't believe that thing where, pe- like, kids are just like, oh, they're just born like that. They're just born evil. You know what I mean? Like, things like that. Um, I think they have a propensity. They could possibly be, like, teetering on that and then their shitty childhood could really shove them in that direction. But I don't think you just like, I don't think you're just born Charles Manson or you're just born Jeffrey Dahmer. You know what I'm saying? So you have like, you can have like a little, uh, sympathy for the kid version of them, but then, you know, and this goes back to the, the, the one dude who was like, I'm the stalker where like he, the little, his like step kid dies. And it's like, you know, you can have some sympathy because he's like, Oh, he's a drug addict and this and that. And you're like, yeah, but I have sympathy for the kid version of you that led you to this. But, like, once you get to an adult age, there is a part of you that just has to take the responsibility of, like, being a fucking adult. And you need to understand how to function in, you know, polite society. And it's just like, you know, you need to get over your shit, you know, to a degree. I'm not saying everyone's perfect. I'm not fucking perfect. I'm always doing shit to try to, like, make my mm-hmm. shit better. But there's just this, like... You know, people try to, like, make excuses when they're in, like, polite society and stuff. When you're fucking alone and you're being, like, a nightmare at your home, that's one thing. But when you're around everyone else, hold it the fuck together. (laughs) It's kind of what I'm saying. But, um, 
yeah, it's they're all very uh, they're all very interesting conversations because that's uh, a lot of people like to be very clean cut, black and white about things, and I'm just like, dude, especially someone like Jeffrey Dahmer or someone like Charles Manson. There's a lot of like. Well, it's not, it's not a clean cut thing. I was going to say there's a lot of gray area and it's like, well, no, not necessarily. There's pretty clear cut. They're bad people. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's this weird, it's this weird, my hat on straight. That looks good on camera, but it doesn't feel right. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. What was the point I was trying to make? We were trying to watch I am a stalker and that shows fucking, that show's fucking crazy because that's that's kind of like the biggest example of like these dudes when they get to the like more adult ages because a lot of them have fucked up childhoods, but they don't like that's like the biggest example of not taking responsibility for yourself. Like we were watching this one guy who he was like friends with this lady. They worked at a restaurant together. And then she owned a party business and then they worked at, uh, he worked at the party business and he got like really close. He was like kind of part of the family and stuff like that. And then, um, he worked at, yeah, he worked at the party business and then he was able to get a hold of like credit cards and bank accounts and all. And he do, he stole, I, they didn't say exactly how much he stole, but they said she was she lost $120,000. So he might have stole more than that. She was able to reclaim some of that. But, like, the amount that she's just gone, you know what I mean? $120,000. Like, I can't, like, dude, I can't even imagine having, uh, 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 <laughs> like, fucking five digits in my bank account. To, like, just lose $100,000, that's fucking crazy and then this guy he's like in jail because um what the fuck was it oh yeah he was just violating restraining orders and shit like that and then and then they uh had really credible evidence that he tried to put like a hit out on her and then you know he was trying to be like dude, like they don't take any responsibility or they're just like or they're just like liars you know that's another uh, avenue with it but the dude was just like he he's just like oh, I just want to apologize. It's like he's trying to be like the victim. He's like I just want to talk to her and try to like figure out something to apologize. And it's like, dude, you ordered a hit. You're sending like you're leaving endless amounts of messages on her phone, endless amounts of text messages, making like going through Facebook, messaging her friends. Like you are harassing her beyond all belief, and you stole one hundred twenty thousand dollars from her. Like. Take, just take, like, take the hit. You fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you fucked up. Take the hit. Move on. Just, because, like, I think with, and let's let's sort of put a fucking bow on this so this can actually be a segment and I don't have to restart the podcast because I'm just like, why do we go on with the, we're supposed to shit on the government, Andy. What? No, but actually, to be perfectly honest, I do, I am fascinated with, like, human behavior and stuff like that. I was thinking about, other shit and it's like actually i was thinking about it earlier today with who, who the fuck was i thinking about no just like you know human behavior human psychology it makes people do crazy shit so that's why um with the i'm the stalker i i, I think it's a interesting thing to bring up um but uh yeah oh 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 that's that's what i was gonna that's what i was gonna get at is a lot of people 
like a lot of people have this thing where they're like, no, we need, I need to fix this. You know what I mean? And then it's just, or I need to undo this. Cause people always like, people always get fixated on having like certain type of regrets because people will say like no regrets. And I'm like, I don't know if, cause I think it's like really hard to live your life and have no regrets. Like, can you imagine getting through your, like, like, can you imagine getting through your fucking teenage years and your twenties and not regretting anything you did? I think that whole mindset of having no regrets is bad. I actually think it's like good to have regrets. Cause like, Good, like having those moments now you don't want to have too many because then you don't get anything done because you're constantly like you'll be in the middle of the grocery store and then you get a cold sweat because you remember uh some insane shit you did when you were 22 or whatever and then you become unproductive but no legitimately like i have i've had these moments in my life i've had these uh i've had these moments in my life that like i was still from like years ago that will still pop into my head that'll be like oh my god why did i fucking do that that's crazy that i did that and now i think the point is to not overly dwell on them because if you overly dwell on them i was being funny earlier but if you overly dwell on them you then are unable to like function you know what i mean so you can't it's like with um it's like what I tell tell comics some co comics sometimes they'll take like a bomb on stage really hard and they'll like sit with that for a couple days. And it's like I remember hearing I forget who said it, but I heard this one comic say it where it's like you definitely should sit in in it a little bit. But it's like, you know, after a day has gone by, you should move on and like let's look for the next thing and you know, take from that what I fucked up and how do I do better next time. And that should be like that's what I think is okay about having regrets. Cause like regrets keep you sort of like almost cosmically in line. They keep you honest. They keep you in check. That's a better way to put it. Not in line, but they like keep you in check, you know, and they're a good, they're a good thing to like reflect on and realize like, why did I do that? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I've been a type of guy who I'll have, and now a lot of people say they, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and they say they get surprised because I don't come off as a very angry guy. Um, but I do, ha I, I'm more like privately angry. Like I'll, I'll keep it together. I'll like be normal in public. And then I'll think about like things I should have done differently and get really pissed at myself about it rather than like wallowing in it. I like, I remember when I was younger, I decided like, rather than like wallowing and shit, I'd rather, I'd rather be pissed than wallow and stuff. So, which ended up being a very unhealthy, uh, in an unhealthy route, but I do think it also helped me from being a, a bigger bitch than I already was, <laughs> you know, listening to all that fucking screamo music and doing all that shit. I think it helped me from becoming a bigger bitch than I already was back then. But, um, but then that sort of developed into me being like an angry, um, like an angry motherfucker. And then a lot of times, like with being angry and frustrated and, um, you'll be angry, frustrated. You'll be, um, resentful and do, and these make you act self-destructive and through especially, and then on top of that, when you add in drinking, which I've uh, been known to do once or twice, you, you then, you tend to do self-destructive things. And sometimes when you do the self-destructive things, they blow up in your face and you know, you want to be careful to not have them blow up in your face where, you know, really, really bad fucking things happen. But I think, you know, it's good when those shit blow in your face, something fucked up happens to you and you like really take the time to like reflect on that. And 
you know, fucking, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to, but you can't, but then you can't say fucking shit about why bad things are happening to you. You know what I mean? You can't like fucking, you either got to like do something about it or you got to deal with the shit that's coming your way. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that just sit around and they're like, why is this happening to me? And it's like, you know, and I think every, everyone's allowed to be a victim to a degree, but at a certain point, cause it's like, everyone is a, you know, a victim of their environment to a certain degree, but also at the same time, like, you're just going to fucking do that. Cause then that'll just make you angry and resentful and fucking hateful and just act like a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? I think the best route, no matter what your scenario is, is just to like drive forward, realize how, realize what went wrong, how, how things, how you could make your situation better and do all that. You know what I mean? Like some people have a more valid excuse to be a victim, but I think at the end of the day, any degree of like victim mentality. Now I will say this actually, um, I do, I, I used to fall into that. I used to fall into that, uh, mindset where it's just like, you know, like I'd be like the aggressive anti-victim and I'd be like, no, everything, everything that happens is my fault. And that can be also super self-destructive where it's just like, well, no, not everything is your responsibility or not. And then you actually end up becoming like controlling and a little bit of a psychopath. But at the same time, I think generally speaking, just having the mindset of like, you know, that, that mindset of like being a victim of being like, being like, this isn't my fault. People need to treat me better, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Cause at the end of the day, whether you're right or you could be right. Let's even like be generous about it with the interpretation. You could be a hundred percent right. But at the end of the day, most people, and this isn't, they're not wrong for this. Everyone does this. And at the, you know, and at the end of the day, you got to look out for yourself, you know, because most people don't fucking give a shit about your shit because everyone has their own shit. Everyone has their own shit to worry about. So a lot of people don't have time to worry about your own, their own shit. So sitting around waiting for someone else to come around and appreciate you and give you what you think you deserve and do all that. Well, you better have a nice fucking chair because you're going to be sitting for a while. You know what I mean? So from a practical standpoint, it's not the most efficient way to be. So just in general, not saying no one's a victim. Obviously there's everyone's a victim to a degree, whether it's 1% or 99%. But I think generally speaking, the best outlook on life is to not, to, to not, to not divulge is that the right word? Divulge? Whatever. To not go down that route of the victim mentality. Is to sort of take responsibility of your shit and fucking own up. And that, bringing it back to I'm, I'm a stalker, that's what all these guys aren't doing. Is they're just, they're just being poor little me. Poor little me. That's what this fucking dude who was robbing from the chick and sending out Hitman and taking 120K from her and all this shit. He's just being like, he's just being like, well, I just want to make amends because he's like being like, poor. all I want to do is make things right. Well, all you've done is make things wrong. And he's like, all I want to do is make things right. And it's like, no, sometimes some things you don't, you know, you don't get to make things right because you fucked it up too much. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, man. It's like, I don't It's like if you fucking, it's like if you like accidentally killed someone, uh, through like negligence. I'm trying to think of a scenario where like, 
Like if you'd be if you accidentally killed someone from drinking and driving, you'd probably be in jail for a while. But it's like let's just say you know you weren't. I don't know how all that shit works. Like if you were drinking and driving and killed someone, I don't know if you'd get life in prison, but you'd probably get jail for a while. But like let's say you get let's say you're like in jail. If you get life in prison or not, either way, you're still trying to be like, well, I just want, I just want to let the family. I just want the family to understand that I'm super duper, like, I'm really sorry, and I would, like, I'm just, I, I would just feel better if they understood that and sort of, like, forgave me, and it's like, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you get forgiveness in that scenario, you know what I mean? I don't know if you get that, because, like, I think, I think the price to pay in that scenario is you just have to sit with that, you know, you just have to deal with that, that's part of you, you know, Cause that, that's a hard one because it's like, you weren't trying to be a bad person, but you were still being a really bad person. You know what I mean? You weren't like actively trying, but you were being very, you weren't actively trying to do evil, but through your calculated negligence, evil was bound to happen. So I think you, you know, I think. I think in that scenario, you could still, I guess, be in normal society, but also it's like, I think the price you pay is to just sit with that, man. Like that has to be part of your day every day, man. I think that's the price you have to pay. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to say that to like big dick someone. I'm just trying to like, I think that's the, that's the facts. That's the reality of the situation. But yeah, man, it's like sometimes you don't get sometimes you don't get forgiveness depending on the bad thing you do. And it's not on other people to give you that forgiveness. I think you have to sort of like dig deep in yourself and figure out your own peace. You know what I mean? And yeah, just take responsibility for yourself on that. But yeah, go check out I Am A Stalker. It's a fucking crazy show. It's a pretty fucking crazy show. So let's get into this article. Um... Let's get into this article. So I want to talk about this. Let's, uh, oh, there we go. Perfect. I want to talk about this because I feel like there's a little bit of a responsibility on my part for the sake of uh, fairness and not being a phony and shit like that to um, talk about this. Is this a long article? Yeah, we could get through it. Yeah, we could read this shit. Let's read this shit. Um, but I think there's I think there's a responsibility on me being, you know, because on this channel... I uh, I posted a video. I, I talk about it a lot. I love to play Call of Duty. I like Call of Duty a lot. It's a really fun game. But also, at the same time, if the game I really like is fucking up, I think it's like super... You know, I'm not a fucking party... I'm not a... Uh, I was going to say I'm not a party boy. I do like to party, and I am a boy. But I'm not like... <clears throat> I'm not... Um, What's the word? I'm not just going to like blindly follow whatever team. Like I like to play Call of Duty cuz it's fun, but I don't give a fuck like if if Treyarch, is that the company? Whatever, uh, Infinity Ward, whoever the fuck makes Call of Duty. If they're fucking up, I got no allegiance to them like that. So I got to call I th but also too as someone who fucking loves Call of Duty, who I tell people, I tell I tell friends to play Call of Duty. I think it's really fun. So I think there's uh for the sake of transparency, I think it's important to when you see some fuckery from Call of Duty, it's important to talk. And this is also a very interesting thing that I knew a little bit about. Shout out Tom Woods. He had a dude on his podcast who was talking about, and we'll get we'll get 
I won't go into great detail because we'll kind of get into it in this article. But he had to do it on his podcast a while ago talking about, like, if you see any sort of entertainment out there that involves, like, the military, the government, the or not the government specifically, but, like, the military, the Navy, um, the Marines, like, that shit has to go through, like, if like in a movie, if they want to get a Black Hawk, like, it has to go through the the military to well obviously it has to go to them to approve it they're the only ones with fucking blackhawks but like they're not they don't just go like you guys are gonna be cool right they they have to like get they you have to like give them the script and they have to like check it and all this shit um so I, I'm 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 aware of a little of of that a little bit but I didn't realize how like specific some of this shit get, like how deep some of this shit gets so this is on Mint Press News author is Alan macleod a-l-a-n-m-a-c-l-e-o-d uh i think i follow him on twitter i don't know you know what i am i'm gonna give him a follow on twitter um because that's uh i saw this pop up and i you know i'm a big call of duty fan and anyone who plays call of duty you realize right away like it is hardcore government it is hardcore u.s prop u.s propaganda but you know, you sort of, you know, the first time you play it, you might just be like, oh, well, the people who play this game are just like super pro military. But then you realize like, you know, you get a lot of these like uh, government officials sort of ingratiating themselves in these private businesses. And it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. And then you start to, you know, I don't know, you just then start to like look at things a little bit different and go like, oh, damn, did like. You know, you start realizing, like, the, the fuckery of the U.S. government and all that. Then you're like, they really get their shit in everywhere, dude. <laughs> so let's get into this article. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 has been available for less than three weeks, but it is already making waves, breaking records within 10 days. The first, uh, the fir the first person military shooting game earned more than $1 billion in revenue, yet it has also been shrouded in controversy, not least because missions include assassinating an Iranian general, clearly based on uh, Soleimani. I forget how to say his name. Um, yeah, dude, that one was crazy. I was, uh, they'll probably get into it more later. I'm going to, I'm also going to jump around this article cause, um, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk if I just read this article, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to jump around this article a little bit, but yeah, man, that was, that was crazy too. So I was, I was reading this and I was watching this other video, breaking it down. Like they lit cause you know, like I said before, I, I was just under the impression a lot of these games are like, oh yeah, these are just, you know, they would be like, these are U.S. government agencies and we're going to, we're going to do all these missions. We're going to set up all these missions in a way where it's just them doing good and them doing the right thing. And you're like, you know, and it'll make you have a more positive outlook on the U.S. military and shit like that. When in actuality, they have this mission, like, um, I think they show it later in the article. Do they show it in this article? Yeah, right here. So there. So if you guys don't know, the first mission in God in a God of War. That's the game I'm playing right now. That I want to just so bad stop everything in my life to just play that game for fucking twelve hours a day. Um, excuse me. Um, but yeah, like so. The first mission in Modern Warfare Two, like. 
It's one of the first things you do. It's not like, oh, this is what you do at the end of the first mission. In the like, in the very first thing you do in the game is you walk, you walk through this like back, you know, you walk through this mountain area, go to the top of the mountain, and they're like, oh, we need to confirm the target, and immediately, you know, they 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 bring up that it's um Iranian military or whatever the fuck, and that sort of like raises an eyebrow because if you've been paying attention to the news for the past couple of years, you're like, or actually, if you're paying attention to the news in general, they're like always bringing up Iran. I've heard people say like. You know, they're always talking about, like, it's like every year Iran, Iran's five years away from building a nuclear weapon, and it's been like that since fucking uh, the 80s or some shit. So it's like, oh, they clearly have, like, a bone. They're always, like, looking for an excuse to go into Iran, which is is the vibe I'm getting from all this shit. And then um, they've been even been bringing up Iran lately. Now, I'm no expert in all the Iranian shit, but, you know, you notice things. That's what I'm trying to get at. But also, you've been paying attention to the news. You remember, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, in the past couple of weeks with fucking Russia and Ukraine, you remember, if you remember uh, uh, way, way back to two years ago, you're like, oh, this isn't the first time World War Three has been trending on Twitter. <laughs> and you remember, like, we assassinated... Um, we assassinated Soleimani, which I actually shout out to this article. The way that they broke it down, let me um, let me find that part. Because um, the way that they broke it down, I didn't realize this. But so in the game, I forget exactly how the mission works. Uh, in the game, first mission, players must carry out a drone strike against a character. You do a drone strike. That's the first action that you do. You don't shoot a bunch of people. You do a drone strike. So that already wasn't uncomfortable. Char uh, you drone strike against a character named General Gorbrani. The mission is obviously a recreation of the Trump administration's illegal 2020 drone strike against Iranian General Qasem Soleimani. The in-game general even bears a striking resemblance to Soleimani. Yeah, if you look at it right there, that's the game. That's Soleimani. They look fucking exactly the same. Um, but yeah, so in the game... Here what it is. In the game, uh, ludicrously presents the general as under Russia's thumb. Like, they all love bringing up Russia. And claims that Gorbrani is supplying terrorists with aid. In reality, this was the craziest part I didn't fucking realize. Soleimani was the key force in defeating ISIS terror across the Middle East. Action, Middle East actions for which even Western media declared him a hero. U.S.-run polls found that Soleimani was perhaps the most popular leader in the Middle East. With over 80% of Iranians holding a positive opinion of him. Straight after the assassination, Pompeo's State Department Loaded the falsehood that the reason they killed Soleimani was that he was on the verge of carrying out a terror attack against Americans. In reality, Soleimani was in Baghdad, Iraq, for peace talks with Saudi Arabia. You know what I mean? So this is sort of a thing. It's not just they're not just doing these things in the game to sort of be like U.S. good, U.S. good. They're doing subtle things to like, you know, you'll have like because a lot of people playing these games will be like kids or just people who aren't really paying attention to the news. Now, I didn't know the ins and outs. Um, I didn't know the ins and outs uh, of of the Soleimani thing, why they killed him. I just knew they killed like this high-up dude in the Iranian military where 
it would be a justification for someone to want to go to war with us. You know what I mean? That's all I knew. And I also don't trust government officials as far as I can fucking throw them. So I just went into that with skepticism, but I didn't know the fucking details, but it's like the average person playing this fucking game. They'll like, they'll like, they could subtly put two and two together of just like, Oh, this is like that fucking Iranian dude, Soleimani. And then they just, the vibe. Cause that's a big thing too, about with any of this shit. Cause a lot of people will get bogged down in the fucking facts on stuff where they'll be like, well, here's the facts of everything. You know, why aren't you, you, I've told you all the facts. Why aren't you going along with it? And it's like a lot of this shit is really big. And I hate this word in general, but it's a lot of it's based off vibe. So if you, if you see some shit like this, where, you know, they're just, they're just showing you like, oh, here's an Iranian leader and, and, and he's doing bad stuff with terrorists and the Russians. And so that was a justified drone bombing, which sidebar in the mission, you don't just drone bomb him. You drone bomb everyone there. You know, so I don't know if we perfectly vetted if everyone there was the worst guy in the fucking world. Um, but, you know, you do that. So next time if assassinating Iranian general pops up, something in your head just thinks of like Iranian generals, uh, terrorists, do, you know, so it's just like they're not outright lying and they're not outright out outright rewriting history, but they're doing they're actually doing like subtle things to um you know, just like, like I said, shift the vibe. I know, uh, smarter people call that the Overton window or whatever the fuck I think. I think that's what that is in reference to, but here, here at no more heroes, we're going to call it the vibe, uh, vibe check. And what they're doing is they're trying to make fucked up shit past the vibe check. That's essentially what's happening with a lot of this stuff. So let me double check. Yeah. There was a bunch of like interesting, weird shit about just having, um, just having, uh, uh, people who work for the government going in and working in blizzard and shit like that. Uh, let me read this part to you. Not only does actually, uh, 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 well, yeah, there's two people. So we'll read this one and the other one. Not only does Activision blizzard work with the U S military to shape its products, but, oh, cause that's the other part, by the way, is. So how it looks on the surface is a lot of these companies, they're like, well, we need to make sure our shit's authentic. So they have to go talk to the military and then the military. And cause they're all just like video game developers and they're just excited to like see the equipment and do all this shit. So they're not really going to like take the time to like really question it and stuff like that. And they're just, and also too, it's like, they're also understandably. So you got a bunch of military officials telling you what's going to happen. I could, I completely understand. I'm just a fucking video game developer. I'm just trying to make a sick ass game that sells a bunch so we can sell more sick ass games as a fan, as you know, and as a fan of call of duty, you guys do make sick ass games. You know what I mean? Job done. But so it's like, I understand random fucking developer blizzard isn't trying to combat the U S military. I get that. It's just, I'm just trying to explain what the fuck's happening. Um, U.S. military to shape its product, but its leading, but its leadership board is also full of former high state officials. Chief amongst these 
is Francis Townsend, Activision, Activision Blizzard's senior counsel, and until September, its chief compliance officer and executive vice president for corporate affairs. Prior to joining Activision Blizzard, Townsend spent her life working for way up the rungs of the national security state, previously serving as head of intelligence for the Coast Guard and as, C- as Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice's counterterrorism deputy in 2004. President Bush appointed her to his intelligence advisory board. Um, as the White House's most senior advisor on terrorism and homeland security, Townsend worked closely with Bush and Rice and became one of the faces of the administration's war on terror. One of her principal achievements was to whip the American public into a constant state of fear about the supposed threat of more Al-Qaeda attacks, which never came. Um, as part of her job, Townsend helped popularize the term enhanced interrogation techniques, a Bush-era euphemism for torturing detainees. Worse still, Lieutenant Colonel Stephen L. Jordan, the officer in charge of the notorious Abu Ghraib prison, alleged that Townsend put pressure on him to ramp up the torture program, reminding him many, many times that he needed to improve the intelligence output from the Iraq Iraqi jail, which um, a lot of those people in Abu Ghraib, if you don't know, they got like scooped up on very shitty info. A lot of them... I think uh, I'm not an expert on Abu Ghraib, but I think a lot of people in Abu Ghraib, they never proved. I think most of them had very slim, if none, association with actual terrorist groups. It would just be like, I remember reading about it, probably in Scott Horton's book. And then um, they did, uh, I forget what the fuck it's called. I think it's called Turning Point on Netflix. They have this five-part documentary about 9-11 and the war war in Afghanistan and shit. And you would have these like local Afghani farmers who would just be like, Oh, they'd be like, they would have some dude they didn't fucking like. And if they, um, if they turn people in, they would get paid. So they're like, I can get rid of this fucking dude. I don't like, and I'll get a bunch of money. Sign me the fuck up. And then us, us military, uh, people would scoop those people up with very little, very little and shitty info. And then they'd be stuck in Abu Ghraib. But then, um, in Abu Ghraib, they'd just like, you know, they'd be like, yeah, we need fucking information. So they would torture the shit out of them. And then when you're getting tortured like you would in Abu Ghraib, you'll confess to anything. You know what I mean? Like, they fuck them up in Abu Ghraib. And you'll just confess to anything. So a lot of the information they got was dog shit. Um, you know what I mean? So basically, long story short, this is a bad, bad lady. <laughs> bad, bad lady. Um... Townsend has denied these allegations. She also later condemned the handcuffing and humiliation surrounding Abu Ghraib. She was not referring to the prisoners, however. In an interview with CNN, she lamented that these career professional CIA torturers had been subject to humiliation and opprobrium after details of their actions were made public. Well, yeah. I don't know. If your uh, torture techniques get made public, you might need to get humiliated. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. Meaning that future administrations would be handcuffed, God forbid, by the fear of bad publicity. Yeah, I don't know, dude. When you torture random goat farmers that aren't terrorists, you're going to get bad publicity. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, while the intelligence community would become more risk-averse. Uh, but yeah, so this lady just works at Blizzard, which is crazy. Um... 
Yeah, also, there's this interesting thing in here about the Atlantic Council, which scared the shit out of me, but I'm not going to act like I'm a, I'm authority on that, what they do over there, but apparently the Atlantic Council is a group of these, like, former intelligence agency members, former military members, uh, all these fucking people, and I, I guess what they do... Uh, here, wait, it says it right here. In addition to this role, Townsend is the director of the NATO offshoot, the Atlantic Council, a director at the Council on the Foreign Relations, and a trustee of the hawkish think tank. Blah, 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 blah. Funded by weapons companies, NATO and the U.S. government, the Atlantic Council serves as the military alliance's brain trust, devising strategies on how to best manage the world. Um, so they basically are like, yeah, we got some ideas, and I guess U.S. government and NATO officials are like, cool. <laughs> I guess we're doing that. So you know what I mean. This is this is what this is what people talk about when they talk about the deep state. You know what I mean. I know it's um, you know, I know the deep state sort of get co-opted by dorks, and it has a uh, and this this is back to the vibe thing I was talking about. The vibe is not good on the term deep state, but the term deep state is accurate to that shit. You know what I'm saying? The term deep state is very accurate, and it's a very good thing to talk about, but I understand if your reaction to that is just like, oh, that's just some fucking Republican uh, horse shit, and you're like, yeah, because dorks co-opted it and fucked up the vibe, and it doesn't pass the vibe check anymore, but I'm telling you it should because this is what happens. You know, we always talk about democracy, and people act like we have a democracy, but then there's these people like fucking... Uh, uh, this gal with the dude's name, um, Francis, Fran, Fran, is it Francis? It's a boy's name, lady. I know you look like someone's nice aunt, but that is a boy's name. Um, but yeah, so you have these people like Francis who none of us elected her to do fuck all, but she's over at the Atlantic council with her other, uh, 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 buddies and they're making decisions and they're basically advising, government officials on things to do. So that's what the deep state is. These unelected people who make decisions, you know, who help guide, uh, what the government does and shit like that. Um, yeah. What else do we have? Um, oh yeah. This other dude was crazy. Was this two more key call of duty staff also work for the Atlantic council chance Glasgow, co-founder of infinity war developer, Developers who oversaw the game franchise Rapid Rise is the council's non-resident senior fellow advising top generals and political leaders of the latest developments in tech. Um, this guy was interesting, too. Um, yeah, it, I don't know, dude. This shit just shows how fucking crazy the people in government are. Where they're just so, like... They're just so on board to like do the bidding of the regime and what the regime needs them to fucking do. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it's also like, it's big signs of just having a bad product. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a big sign of like, just the government's a bad product. It's not, you know, if you need this many people, like, you know what I mean? Like McDonald's just makes tasty. Now, obviously McDonald's is bad for you, but you know, I, I like, you talk to the normal human being, they're like, yeah, dude, a Big Mac rules. I know it's bad for me, but it tastes fucking great. Um, and don't be the guy, by the way. I remember this dude I work with. We were having this debate on, like, pizza places. And we were trying to talk. Like, we were talking. We were having this shitty pizza spot conversation where you're like, what's better? Papa John's, Pizza Hut, um, 
Papa John's, Pizza Hut, Domino's, yada, 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 Little Caesars, etc. And he was like, you know what? Nothing fucking beats a New York slice, though. And we're like, we know. We know nothing beats a New York. We're not talking about that. So, like, everyone does that when you fucking bring up McDonald's. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, but, like, you go to fucking uh, Luke Chris and you get the fucking steak. You're like, I know. I know it's that, that or like even five guys. I know it's better. We're talking about fast food. <laughs> We're talking about um, McDonald's level shit. But like for real, for real though, it's like, you know, a Big Mac just rules. McDonald's doesn't have to do uh, at now. I'm sure McDonald's does like, you know, they do they do shit where they hire fucking they give athletes a bunch of money. So, like, some athlete who would never touch McDonald's because it would ruin his his or her performance on the court or the field or wherever the fuck they play. It would ruin their performance if they regularly ate McDonald's. I'm sure after a big game or some shit, they'll chow down on some McDonald's. But you know what I'm saying. But, like, that's not... They're not, you know, they're not getting as deep into, like, every single fucking organization to like manipulate every little fucking thing. They just like at the end of the day, like I guess the difference for McDonald's is they're just trying to, they're just trying to, they're just trying to like spread their uh, influence of like who knows about them. But at the end of the day, McDonald's is like, yo, just eat the burger. It's a good burger. You know, they have a good product at the end of the day. It's a good burger. The government, like this is very indicative of them having a bad product where it's just like, you know, like, if someone wants to talk about the military, like if someone wants to talk, like if someone wants to have McDonald's, um, if someone wants to have McDonald's in a movie, McDonald's is just gonna like, I'm pretty sure, uh, McDonald's is just going to be like, all right, well, like, what are you going to do with the product in the movie? They don't go, give us the whole script. (laughs) You know what I mean? But the U S government goes, Give us the whole script. We're going to rewrite the script. I'm just saying it's like, you know, for any of these people who are like, well, we need, you know, we definitely need a big ass government and have all this shit. It's like, I don't know, man. This is definitely behavior indicative of a bad product. (laughs) If you got to do all the shit, if you need this random dude, um, Brian Bellato, Bellato, how do you say that? Bulletow, if you need Bri Bri, BB, uh, if you need former CIA member BB, um, getting into a video game company to make sure the games say what you want them to say, it's indicative of a bad product. <laughs> but let's talk about BB, a former army can- captain and consultant of McKinsey and Company until 2018. He was chief operating officer for the CIA. Like, on its face, that's just weird. You're like, why does this guy who, run, who like, helped run the CIA, why does he work for a video game company? That's weird, man. Um, placing him third in command of the agency when CIA Director Mike Pompeo moved over to the State Department, becoming Trump's Secretary of State. BB went with him and was appointed under Secretary of State for Management. 
There, by some accounts, he served as Pompeo's personal attack dog, with former colleagues describing him as a bully who brought a cloud of intimidation over the workplace, repeatedly pressing them to ignore potential illegalities happening at the department. Thus, it is unclear if BB is the man to improve Activision Blizzard. Oh, this was a funny part. Activision Blizzard's notorious toxic workplace environment that caused dozens of employees to walk out in mass last summer. I meant to look more into that. I was very curious because that was one of those things like um, like sometimes you'll hear like, I don't know. Sometimes you'll hear a thing where I'm like, it's a toxic work environment. Then you find out like someone just gets a little Gordon Ramsay from time to time. And you're like, I don't know, dude. In these kind of scenarios, you can have a boss that yells at you. Buck the fuck up. But from what I could gather, I think the to- the like shitty work environments were claims were pretty valid for Blizzard. Um, is that foaming? Is that foaming? No, we're good. Third Trump administration electorate to feed BB went straight from the State Department into the highest echelons of Activision Blizzard, despite no experience in the entertainment industry. The third, the third senior Republican official, Activision Blizzard, was recruited by its upper ranks is Grant Dixon. Between 03 and 06, Dixon served as associate counsel to President Bush, advising him on many of his administration's most controversial legal activities, torture, and the rapid expansion of surveillance state. A lawyer by trade, he later went on to work for weapons manufacturer Boeing, rising to become its senior vice president, general counsel, and corporate secretary. In June 2021, he left Boeing to join Activision Blizzard as its chief legal Officer. Other Activision Blizzard executives with background national security include Senior Vice President and Chief Information Security Officer Brett Wallen, who was a U.S. Army Counterintelligence Agent and Chief of Staff Angela Alvarez, who until 2016 was an Army Chemical Operations Specialist. Um, same government that was infiltrating games 10 to 15 years ago now has so many former officials controlling the very game companies raising serious questions around privacy and state control over media and mirrors the national security state penetration of social media that has occurred over the same time frame. So, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's just a thing where you're like, it's just weird that all these people who used to work for the CIA, you know, and uh, 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 the Nash- the NSA and all the all these other, like, organizations and shit are just in video games. And then you start to think about it, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, because the CIA, they're real, they're real big on uh, psyops and fucking uh, swaying elections a certain way and, you know, doing shit to sort of make people think a certain way. And video games are very popular and they're chock full of different avenues to sort of prop, you know, throw a little, throw a little propaganda out here and there. And then on top of that, you got people from the NSA getting into these companies. Well, you give those companies a lot of your fucking info. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot and it's not exciting. Um, yeah, there was one more in here. There was one more in here. Um, oh yeah, there was one mission where you got to kill Fidel Castro, which I thought was funny. But it was actually Fidel Castro's uh um double. Oh, this one was really interesting. Yeah, let me read this for you. Um, oh yeah, the anti-Russia propaganda is also turned up to 11 in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019. One mission recreates the infamous Highway of Death incident, which I didn't know about until reading this article, so thank you. Um, what was your name again, sir? Thank you, Alan. 
I didn't know about this. During the first Iraq war, U.S.-led forces trapped fleeing Iraqi troops on Highway 80. What followed was what then Joint Chief of Staff Chairman Colin Powell described as a wanton, uh, wanton killing and a slaughter for slaughter's sake. Or is it wanton? I don't. I feel like it's not pronounced wanton. Because <laughs> wanton is a great thing, and I would hate for it to be associated with this horrible event. Uh, slaughter for slaughter's sake as U.S. troops and their allies pummeled the Iraqi convoy for hours, killing hundreds and destroying thousands of vehicles. U.S. forces also reportedly shot hundreds of Iraqi civilians and surrendering soldiers in their care. So basically, they're on this highway. U.S. US uh, soldiers are pummeling uh, this Iraqi convoy. Um, just to put in the simplest terms, just overdoing it. <laughs> just being hella extra to put it in kind terms um so here's what call of duty did call of duty recreates the scene for dramatic effect however in their version it is not the u.s-led forces doing the killing but russia thereby whitewashing a war crime by pinning the blame on official enemies um call of duty in particular has been flagged up for recreating real events as game missions and manipulating them for geopolitical purposes, Sec, uh, Secker told Mint Press, referring to the Highway of Death, adding, in a culture where most people's exposure to games and films, TV shows, and so on is f uh, far greater than their knowledge of historical and current events, these manipulations help frame the game's emotional, intellectual, and political re uh, reactions. This helps them turn into more general advocates for militarism, even if they don't sign up in any form formal way. Sector's latest book, Superheroes, Movies, and the State, How the U.S. Government Shapes Cinematic Universe, was published. Oh, I want to check out that book now. But um, that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier where, you know, um, and also I, I watched a video on this mission particularly because I found that extra fascinating. And to be technical, so in the game, it's not in, um, it's not in Iraq. It's in a made-up country, but it's got major... We've been using this word all episode. It's got major Iraq vibes um, in that country. And, yeah, they call it the highway of death. So it's meant to... I think it's meant to sort of... Um, they put this in your head, and then when the topic comes up later, it just gives you that association of, like... Well, no, U.S. good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it helps you. It makes it easier for you to just kind of, like, gloss over a literal war crime. You know what I mean? It's that subtle reframing that just, you know, makes it, makes it so people who commit war crimes pass the vibe check. <laughs> and that's not good. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. And um, I just wanted to bring it up because I think it's important. Like I said before, I think it's important... You know, because that's kind of crazy. I do want to do more uh, looking into this more. Let me look up that book, by the way. Oh, there was also an interesting documentary that looked really good. Uh, oh, yeah, here, which I said I'm going to check it out. I haven't checked it out yet, but it's called Theaters of War. It's basically a documentary. Wait, we'll bring that up a little bit longer so you can see. It's called Theaters of War, and it looks like it's basically a documentary breaking down all that shit um, that I just talked about in this article. And then wait, let me, uh, before I get out of here with this shit, let me double check what this book was called. Cause I do want to check it out. I do think that's a, I, I just think, I think it's very interesting. It's very important. 
to talk about the way that the U.S. government and these government organizations sort of like manipulate things. Because I think what sucks about our current time and day, I think what sucks about our current time is that like it's hard to dude, especially with like fucking AI getting so popular and doing all this crazy shit. Like I saw this fucking picture that you would have thought. Oh, you would have thought these were just photographs. And then someone noted like, oh, that's just AI. You know what I mean? And it's like, it looked literally, the pictures look so good that everything in it was believable except their hands. And you're like, oh, that's where we're at now. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, there's so many things, you know, and, and you turn on Fox news and they're telling you one thing. And then you turn on fucking MSNBC, MSNBC and the same thing. They're interpreting it the exact opposite way. Um, and it's just in general, you know, you have videos of CNN reporters standing in front of fucking literal fires talking about how protests are like mostly peaceful and all this shit. And it's like, you know, you're getting gaslit beyond all belief and it's just harder and harder to really, uh, disseminate what is real and what isn't real. So I think it's just good to, uh, I think it's good to talk about these things. And sort of, sorry, I'm multitasking when I really should just be podcasting. Um, <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's really important to talk about these things. So you know, it's not like it's going to be an easy job, but it's it, we it's 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 important to do our best to sort of figure out what's real and what's not real. And uh, Call of Duty, you know what I mean? It's like knock it off because I like your game a lot, but this is not. Uh, I don't know. This sucks. This is not a thing I want to support. Maybe uh, hopefully, maybe I'll find a... I, I did drop a lot of money on that game, and the multiplayer is really fun. I don't really like... I got to be honest. I don't really... And I don't know if this is me making excuses or anything. I'm not trying... If it's coming off that way, I'm not trying to be make excuses or anything. Um, But, like, it is a weird thing playing those missions, knowing what I know. You know what I mean? Because I'm, like, big and... I'm, like, you know, I read a lot about... Like I read, I read most of Scott Horton's Iraq War book. I got his other book enough already. I want to dig into that deeper and shit like that. <clears throat> and um, it's actually like hard sometimes to play like the campaigns of these games when you know just how fucking you know crazy they are or, or crazy like the vibe of the games versus the reality of the situation. It's like uns like. I'm not kidding. When I played like that uh, God of War campaign, you did the drone bomb. You're like, that's uncomfortable. You know what I mean, man? You're like, that's fucking weird. And 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 yeah, I don't I don't think it's a good thing, man. And I I you know I'm not gonna hold my breath on these companies acting right. So I think it's a better avenue for us as consumers to know what the fuck's going on. So hopefully you guys got uh, something out of that. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I'm gonna get out of here. We are gonna go buy takeout, and I'm gonna go drink more. I got a lot of other stuff I might get to next week, or I might try to record. So we're doing panties tomorrow. I will have Tuesday off. I have to go grocery shopping for my gal. So if I have the energy on Tuesday, I might record another episode to get some of these out of the way because i have a bunch of interesting things i want to talk about and i do want to come at elon musk and jordan peterson because they are goofing up pretty hardcore um normally normally uh normally a fan of those gentlemen but they've been goofing they've been goofing up but anyway i'm andy malfrey and thanks for hanging out check out all my other shit enjoy your day enjoy your life i love you
be about it. Peace.